Two brothers with me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done feeling. Trying to sympathize on my thug living. All they emphasize is the drug dealer. Shit that they gon' hold against me when I'm Grammy nominated. I just wish the bro was with me. Look at all the time we wasted in the kitchen with the cane. Could've been took the game and dominated. For the street shit was overpopulated. When you getting money, fucking hoes come with the territory. Never tell my story, cause these bitches be too complicated. Out of all these pushes on my ghetto, I'm the one that made it. By all these fraud niggas on top and also underrated. Just a couple questions in my mind that I want answers to. Bad bitch, let's cross me and my angel. Can't touch what you can't feel if it's not tangible. Police know we creatures, so they treat us like we animals. Um, you think blocks are pushing like that, you never know. Um, Teenage mutant in the Can't tell if I'm sick or not. Like I'm nauseous. I don't know if that's indicated of me being sick. But no, we're here. Powering through it. Um, yeah, I just 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 I'm, I'm here I'm here power powering through it. Shows my commitment to twenty twenty four wrestling. Uh right. here. We're back. We're we're in this, we're doing it. Um I don't know if you saw um on Dynamite that they started that's where the name comes from this is, i'll get into it first thing it looks like a tease who knows where they're going to go from this of the blackpool combat club feuding with cmll wrestlers um yes and they announced brian danielson versus hechicero yes I saw that. Um, yeah and then john moxley getting jumped by a cadre of cml wrestlers um so yeah, <laughs> pretty uh, interesting after coming off of what felt like what was going to be an extended Blackpool Combat uh, Blackpool Combat Club run in New Japan, with all of them going back and forth from Japan quite a bit, um, and you know feuding off and on with the trios champions. That uh, now it looks like we're gonna repeat, but with CMLL. Pretty interesting, um, and honestly, not a bad move <laughs> when it comes to booking because. I talked. We talked about it a bit with Okada coming into that concept, at least as far as I'm concerned, of Okada coming into AEW and really not being a great fit for him. Part of that is the bloated roster with a lot of guys who should be protected and treated as the top of the card. And I've mentioned it, you know, time and time as much as I can. <laughs> We've got Moxley and Danielson who wrestled more in New Japan so far than they have in AEW. Um, having the Blackpool Combat Club kind of being big stars in outside companies. And coming back and forth, dropping in and representing AEW is kind of a good way to free up that space on the card. Because when those guys are around, they feel like they've got to be the top stars of the company no matter what, right? Um, so using them that way as special attractions who get to tour around and, and wave the banner of AEW and other companies is pretty smart. Well, how do you how do you feel about that idea? No, I love it, especially because like we know that those are at least like the three of the like the three main guys with Claudio, Mox, and uh, Danielson. That like they love that shit. You know, Danielson has talked about wanting to do Arena Mexico and wrestle Black Panther and shit for like how many years now? We know Claudio's background with that stuff. We know Moxley, as soon as he left WWE, he's been, you know, you know G1 Climax doing new, doing new Japan and like bringing like a lot of hardcore stuff to New Japan, like what he's done versus Shingo and Despy and uh, even doing like blood to blood sports stuff. So like these are guys that just like love wrestling and love like doing like all these different styles and stuff. So like, that's perfect use of them and like building these relationships and just kind of like having these like things that normally in it, like that you just wouldn't do an AEW, but like you have three guys that like stylistically love exploring and trying all these different things that I think it works really, really well. Um, 
I do like while we got Echicero and Danielson, which is fucking amazing. That was the right thing to do. I really want Mystico and Claudio. So if we can get that, like on a rant, on a on a collision or a dynamite, that'd be fucking awesome. But what I really need too, well, like, you know, while we're here, is I need Claudio and Mystico. But, yeah, that's what that's what I need. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Mox and Mystico just because of the star power, but uh, yeah, Claudio and Mystico is the match when it comes to just what the, what they'll deliver in there because that'll be that'll be out of the fuck out of this fucking world. I mean, Claudio's I'm obviously built for this shit. We talked, you talked about it, his background. I mean, that's what it's all about. And, and Danielson, I mean, you could have him wrestle basically anybody, um, including you know people want the the Virus match, which I think I think I would be you know crazy to say i don't want it because i definitely love to see that um and there's tons you can do with the three of them i mean really they can wrestle any they can wrestle any trios team i saw volador jr as one of the people attacking moxley but uh yeah you know there's there's plenty of uh plenty of trios matches there and and yuda wouldn't be bad there either i mean he's got the same background as claudio you know for sure yeah like so, so uh, there, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of different ways you can go about it. No, no it's Echicero, Mystico, Volador, and who was it? Was it? Was it? Was it? It was Dorada, right? I think it was. Yeah. Okay. That would make so sense. honestly, like, I'd be fine with doing Claudio and Dorada. Like, I'd oh, be, yeah. I'd be fine with that. Um, and I think you could do. I don't think I'd run Echicero versus both Danielson and Utah, to be honest. But if we if we do like do like Mystico versus Moxley Moxley instead. I'm perfectly fine with Dorada and Claudio. That's like really good too. Like one of the best bases ever versus Dorada. Like that's that's fine. Oh yeah, I mean I was I, like I said I, I'm not even arguing with you. And once you said Claudio and Mystico, I'm like of course. But the only thing is again like the, just the star power you know speaks to those two. But and that's the cool thing about Mox. I mean I love Mox, but he's not the same kind of nerd as you know Danielson or Claudio when it comes to wrestling. He's like. He, he, like you said, bringing deathmatch to Japan, like he just, he just finds the sick shit. And then like, that's what he's into. Like, no matter where he goes, it's not like he's like studying Mexico tape, but he'll just like find out about Mexico, look at it and be like, oh, check out this really sick ass, like fucking, I'm sure that he would just find like Zona 23 and be like, look at like randomly. He just, he would just be wandering around and find the fucking, uh, the, um, the, the, I'm trying to say garbage dump. What am I thinking of? Uh, what you call the place where they put the cars anyways? Um. You know what I mean? He would just happen upon it on his own. He's just drawn to it like a moth to the flame. Um, so yeah, like he'll just he'll find a way to to do a, a death match in CMLL um, somehow. But yeah, like uh, there's definitely a lot there. Um, it's exciting. Otherwise, I mean, obviously the biggest news is that broke in the past week since we recorded um, is kind of something that we talked a ton about already. Um, obviously, you know, the Vince McMahon stuff, it's really gross. I don't necessarily know how much you want to get into it or even talk about it, but just acknowledging that it's gross. Um, I mean, I mean yeah, like there's not like, I, I'm at like, you know, like we, we have people that have listened to us for a long time. We might have new people, but like, if there's anyone that's like new here, like where two people that like think that like systemically wrestling is a really fucking broken and disgusting and terrible place. And that if like wrestling disappeared tomorrow to like actually like try to address and fix all the rampant misuse and abuse of power and exploitation of people and just nasty shit that happens in wrestling, we'd be perfectly fine with that. Right. Uh, so I, I, I guess that's all we can say there, but yeah, it's yep. fucking, yeah. 
I don't need wrestling to be a giant corporation. I, you know, tweeted something out. I said, oh, you know, I came up with this fantasy booking of how to work around, uh, you know, Punk and, and being injured and and Seth being injured and replace that man. And then I was like, and before I finished thinking it through, you know, I was just like, actually, the correct thing to do is to just wrap it up and close the company and not do WrestleMania, right? And like most everybody is just like, you know, into it, thumbs up, heart, heart, whatever. And then like one, I got one negative comment from someone that was like, oh yeah, that's the way to do it. Close the business and cost thousands and hundreds of people jobs. And it's like, buddy, you are just like, you're buying the, the fucking capitalist boss CEO fucking um, uh, uh, like propaganda hook, line and sinker. This is the shit that they tell you to trick you into thinking that they matter. The corporation and the boss and the CEO is not the reason why you have a job. If anything, I mean, you could say, yes, they are the reason why you have a job, but you have to understand that having a job is the bad part. You shouldn't have to fucking work. None of us should really have to have a job. Um, but yeah, like the corporation is not the thing that keeps you employed and you should be begging them for a job. They fucking need you. They need you. And like when the corporation, you know, I just flippantly said they'll find other work, which they will, because again. The corporations are not this like magical thing that makes it so people have fucking money and a life and a job. Corporations need the workers and just buying into that fucking propaganda is, is it's so sad. And so many people see it that way. Right. It's that capitalist realism thing. Right. People are more likely to see that or believe that there could be the end of the world than the end of capitalism. Like we don't need businesses. We don't need major corporations, especially when they're run by sicko freaks like Vince McMahon, you know, but whatever. Um. The other thing, and as you talk about it, there's tons of stuff to talk about. The one thing, and this this came up the first time that this story broke, but I just want to like throw it out there. Just, people can use their fucking brain. A couple of high-profile-ish people, wrestlers, media people included, had a bit of a chat at the time that it broke about like the attractiveness of this poor woman who was taken advantage of, right? And I just, I just want to be like, how fucking dumb are you? Like, what? what where is your brain? Why would you think that a billionaire who has all of this power, why would he not, even if you think like, oh, you know, he's, you know, he's taking advantage of someone who's in his office or whatever, like a billionaire with the amount of capital that he has access with the amount of power that he has access and the, the exposure that he has as a television star as well. Of course, the person that he's going to take advantage of is going to be attractive. That should not even have crossed your mind, let well, alone like... like I don't like. I'm not the person that got that was getting floated around in 2022. Was that was just like a random person that like people tried to like connect the dots on that wasn't even the sure. person that's named in the lawsuit, right? And, like that goes to and that goes to the coverage of, of that people were that, that people have had of this stuff and someone like fucking Cam Cameron, whatever the fuck his name is, that works works at the Ringer, yeah, like yeah. in making jokes and doing whatever doing whatever he was doing at the time and it's like this is the people that we have covering this stuff in terms of like mainstream coverage like that's like that's not that's really 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 not ideal but i wanted to just like yeah. like echo like talk about that part because the person that was floated around in 2022 isn't even the, the right actual person. like janelle grant that's named in the that's in, uh. This, uh, in the lawsuit God damn. I mean, yeah, Jesus Christ. Ah, it's just, it's miserable. But yes, it's, I'm just like, the guy we know about, you know, divas or whatever, like that he had 
relationships, affairs with that were in the company. They're like TV star level attractive women, right? Why would you think that there would be any difference between, the, you know, like that's the part I just don't get. Like you, people just really cannot comprehend reality for some reason. Like they just get this, like they live in like an alternate reality. And on top of it, like it's not even anything to comment on, but it's just how, in what planet would you be shocked about that? Um, the only thing I could think of as I talked about it that like kind of, I guess, somewhat makes sense is for a lot of people, their frame of reference for this is Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, right? Yeah. And like Monica was not like a supermodel. She's not an unattractive person. And over the years, you know what I mean? She's really come out to be a wonderful person, like morally too, to have gone through it and to ended up where she is and the stuff that she does, not just to you know have a career, but also the things that she's done for uh for charities and, and philanthropic work and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like she ended up being, you know, a really good person, a really beautiful person, you know, inside um whatever but that's like kind of the the frame of reference but it's like that's a very special unique situation because bill clinton is just a, was just an all-time level dog like he is just even as the president the most powerful man in the country is the kind of guy that would and i you know i'm not saying this to degrade monica but the kind of guy that would just sleep with anything and he always was so that was just like that was his vibe you know so but it's like vince is not that guy and like it's weird to think that it would be any different but it's even worse to be like that picture was not her really and again the bigger picture why even fucking make a remark on it that's just just leave it alone but hopefully you know hopefully we can move on vince can die and wwe can just not exist anymore which it already does as far as i'm concerned um cm punk uh, getting injured part of wait, 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 wwe oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry before we move on there um yeah the people that want to do this thing where oh don't put vince's misgivings on other people I just, I don't live in a world where I like. I think that like every like morally reprehensible thing that someone does, do I think that everyone in their vicinity is aware of what's going on? I don't believe that. Right now, the problem is, is that Vince is doing this in fucking plain sight, and has been doing this in plain sight for God knows how many years. So, if we're gonna do this thing where Triple H didn't know anything like Sean, Mike, Sean Michaels, Pat, Pat, Pat Patterson, who's no longer, you know, alive. Sergeant, Sergeant yeah. Slaughter, Kevin Dunn, Bruce Pritchard, whoever doesn't know anything. Then like, I feel like we're being extremely fucking naive, extremely fucking naive to like how Vince McMahon himself presented these things. And like, the, it was like, more so felt like locker room cooler talk shit to him. So even if they didn't partake in it, even if they weren't part of whatever like nasty uh, shit was going on there, I have a hard time thinking that the inner circle that's known Vince for God knows how many years weren't aware of this. Like, we can't do this thing where we separate Vince from WWE. That's not how this works. We can't give Vince all this credit for the expansion of wrestling and taking wrestling to all these different heights that you want to credit him for and then want to separate him from WWE when she hits the fan. That's not how this works. Either he's WWE or he's not. You don't get to separate him because you don't want to sit there and be like, oh, well, that doesn't represent the whole company. Fuck off. That's not how this works. You don't get it both ways. Either Vince McMahon is the god of wrestling that 
uh, took it from bingo halls, they took it from bingo halls and armories and all whatever shit that people like want, want to say about WWF and like give Vince all the credit for that. They, like, then he has to go, then you have to like align him with the whole fucking shit. That's how this, that's how this goes. Yeah. You can, you like, you can't just separate Vince from this now because you like want to justify why you want to stick around watching WWE. If you just don't care and have no allegiance to anything, you just want to watch a wrestling cool. That's fine. Like yeah. at some point watching wrestling, everyone is making moral, like moral, like moral adjustments and sacrifices. And like every, everything's not totally aligned with how we with how we are as people at, at some point. I get that. But just come out and be like, hey, you know what? I grew up watching WWE. I'm still going to watch it. And don't do this thing where to make yourself feel better. You're going to try to separate Vince from this or separate Vince from WWE. It's the same thing. Go ahead. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, no, no, no. I 100% agree with you. And it, you know, it reminds me of another kind of point that I had made, which was just that, like, talking about that and talking about how it's not hidden and it's not private and everyone knows about it. There's history of tons of this shit. And you can say that, Oh, it's to a lesser extent and it's not as bad as this. And, and this is this everything that's, you know, listed in the in the lawsuit is really fucking bad where I'd love to believe that this is the worst of the worst possible shit and that everything else was not as bad. Right. Whatever. OK, I'd love I really would like to live in a world where that's true. I'd love to live in a world where this shit where the shit in the, the lawsuit didn't happen. Right. But if we have to live in the world where that exists, then I would like to live in the world where that's the worst thing that the worst stuff that Vince ever did. And all the other stuff is just as surface level as we think of it. But, but one thing about it, and it was like, you know, it was again, grim thought experiment as people were talking about the amount of money that other people, other NDAs were paid off in the past compared to this, this being 3 million and one, ah, one specifically that was mentioned was 7 million. Oh, oh, and people are like, how much worse was that? And I just, I want people to understand that in these situations, that's not how it works. This is, again, you don't fall for the fucking capitalism, like fucking, you know, propaganda that somehow the way it works is you get paid what you deserve based on the, you know, what you do, right? This is not like a job yeah, where you're getting yeah, paid by the hour. Yeah, that's now that works. And even then, if we wanted to, like, take at the, like, like instances where, like, prison time are served in, like, some sort of like, yes. criminal trials or whatever, it's like, it's not a thing where, like, based off of, like, severity of the crime like that like the time that you yeah. could like be potentially facing is like that yeah that's just not how it works for like suits in like yeah. in losses so it just it's not the same thing no and you know the seven million or yeah seven million comes out to be that that's an on-air talent you know who again that's a higher profile person that's someone who has some kind of proof that they you know know each other this you know anybody else it can be like there's no you know, pictures, there's no video that shows that like Vince even knows who you are, let alone like that you've been in the same room. But when you're a star or you're on his television show, they can prove that, you know, you've interacted, you know, Vince, you're a celebrity people, you know, so it would be much more damaging to him. He's paying you based on how much he thinks that you could damage him, not based on how much he did to you. And that's the part where I think people just I don't understand how people don't see this stuff. They don't understand just the basic how things he, work. He, he but... thought Janelle Grant was some fucking nobody. Right. Some... No one will ever believe her. No, she can't no do jack shit her. to me. She's fucking nobody. She has no she has no parents. Uh no one's gonna speak up for her. Well, like that's 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 what that that's what all yeah. that shit was. It's yeah. it's yeah. like like I said, this is the part like if you're if you're new here, this is not a podcast <laughs> that like cares enough about like oh i need my i need my wrestling i need my graps like 
if this shit no. collapsed on itself fucking tomorrow, like, would I miss wrestling? Of course I miss wrestling. I've grew up my whole life watching wrestling. But if that shit came in tomorrow and that meant that there'd be one less industry where people in like in this in this at a disadvantageous situations are getting ta- are getting taken advantage of and abused and mistreated and coerced and whatever, then yes, I would gladly give this shit up in a fucking heartbeat to have one less place where people can get mis- <laughs> where people can get mistreated. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um well again. How much we love WWE here? How, how do you, what did you think of the finish of the Rumble? CM Punk getting injured, stuff with Cody. I mean, it's a big deal, right? Are you I mean, are you shaken up about CM Punk missing his WrestleMania main event? Uh, I mean, I wasn't gonna watch the shit anyway. Um, <laughs> like I was, I wasn't gonna watch Punk and Rollins anyway. Um, I mean, yeah, how could I care? How could I possibly care? It's, it's like with, with Punk. It, it clearly his body's telling him it's over. Like. His, his body just held him, hey, man, it's over. It's over, big dog. It's done. Like, it's... It's so tough, though, because this is... I talked about this before, but, like, when, when you're not a natural athlete and things don't just come to you, it's, like, hard to, and, like, you know, you're, oh, you know, punk being the... I'm just this punk kid who's not built to be an athlete. And then as, like, the years go on and you just continuously, like achieve these big and crazy amazing things and you you're the wrestler of the year and you get to the top of wwe and all this stuff that should never have happened it's hard to believe it when it's over because it was never supposed to happen you get you know what i mean it's like when you look at punk from the beginning it's like this guy could never do this so it's hard how is he going to after decades of always proving everything wrong now be able to just accept and see like oh i can't do this because he was supposedly never supposed to be able to do it from the beginning. So, yeah, I, but I agree with you. His body's telling him it's time to hang this shit up, right? Even being a UFC fighter, everyone told him you could never, you can't do it. And even though he lost, he got in the fucking octagon. So it's like, how do you tell that guy? Yeah, it's over. You can't continue to do this. You know, you, Mr. Always Achieving Your Dreams, Mr. Always Overachieving, it actually is over and it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, that's the, like that. And, like, the thing that sucks, too, is because we just saw Punk be really good when he came back last year. Like, the fucking Joe match, obviously. Like, I liked his stuff on Collision. And then, like, for the most part, in AEW, like, we saw, like, a really good wrestler. So, like, it's hard. But I think the dude's body is just like, hey, man, it's over this time. Like, it's really, really done. Like, you had your fun when you came back. And took ten year and you know took eight years off and did whatever and came back to wrestling. That was fun, that was cool, but it's over now. It's like, <laughs> it's like we we got we got to pack this one up. So, like I, you know, like I like him, and I would still want to see Punk wrestle because I love him. He's one of my favorite wrestlers ever, and I would like to see him get to do some stuff. I I'd love to watch Gunther versus CM Punk or some shit, or maybe Punk versus Gable or whatever. Like I love to see that. Like I like, I love to see that <laughs> stuff, but yeah, you know. Father Time is winning here, man. And the injuries yeah. is—it's nothing you can do about this shit. It's like he's—it's like he's made of glass at this point, right? Yeah, or, I mean, or I don't know. I, I don't know. If like, I don't know if he's not like not letting the injuries heal heal all the way. I don't know sure. if he's like rushing himself back. I don't know if he's like do he's like going about his recovery in a certain in certain ways. If he's like not using steroids, like you know, to help to, to aid his recoveries. Or I don't like, I don't know what's going on with him, but like. Clearly, like it's, I I don't know, dude. I'd like to, I'd like 
for Punk to wrestle, but it's looking like the end should be coming. Yeah. Um. I mean, this guy has spent you know two years complaining about a chop from Adam Page. Like, I don't know about this Gunther match as much as as you said. If if we could get peak Punk wrestling at any time period, Gunther, I love it. But yeah, I don't know about the guy who, <laughs> who the guy who made a fucking you know a two year fucking bitch fit about getting chopped a little bit too hard by Adam Page is going to be able to take a Gunther match at this point, man. Like that's a that might be a bridge a ship too far, as they say. Um, I guess that's enough of stupid horse shit that I don't care about. Um, you want to talk about <laughs> Dragon Gate? I mean, not again, not to minimize the victim of of uh, Vince McMahon's evil bullshit, but WWE has just never been. Um, my fucking do you, know? you have a ultimate prediction on where on where Okada goes? Uh, I guess just based if I had to go with my gut, my gut tells me. That because I want him to go to WWE, he's going to go to AEW. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, what about you? What do you think? I think he's actually going to AEW. Like, I just... Yeah. The thing about... The thing with the Okada stuff, if you're like... Everything is just so fucking conflicting from everywhere. Like, everywhere you see, like, is... Like, one second, it's... Yeah, Okada to, w, Okada to AEW is like, you know, like a mortal lock. Like, you know, there were talks for w- with WWE, but they didn't really go anywhere. And then, like, you see Fightful saying Okada and WWE are in serious talks. And it's like, you don't really... No one knows, I guess. And I think that's like, the, the, if there is, a, there is a cool thing about Okada leaving New Japan, is like, you, like, legitimately know where he's going to go. Um, But, yeah, I, I think my gut says AEW. Yeah, um... That's again, that's where I'm at as well. Part of it is, yeah, because I want him to go to WWE. Well, now it's even worse. I, I really can't even say that now. Like, it was pretty bad to even say that before, but I can't hope anybody goes there, if I'm being perfectly honest now, especially because I just I want the company to not exist. Um, so yeah, just he's going to AEW and and I said it. I said I don't know that there's a spot for him. I don't know that there's a spot for for Osprey in AEW. But if they go together, and it was a plan, and they go to AEW to basically continue their feud with each other from the jump, that is not the worst use of both of them. If you basically just import the Okada Osprey rivalry into a new location, that's like not actually the worst possible thing because that does kind of help keep them have them have great matches but then not uh disrupt everything else that you need to do you know what i mean and i think you could actually pull that off um if you know if you there was a good booker but unfortunately tony tony is just not a great he's just not a great booker i i've spent a long time like kind of trying to defend him and all this and that. And especially because, you know, the worst people in the world are the ones who love to harp on him being a bad booker. And they, but they think he's a bad booker for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? It's like the, the Jim Cornette thing being like, Oh, you know, he pushes pockets, 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 McOrange or whatever. And calling fucking Kenny Omega twinkle toes, like all of this stuff that just feels like it's like veiled homophobia. Um, 
like that's not the reason why I think he's a bad booker. The reason why I think he's a bad booker is because he just like he doesn't know how to like book a, a cohesive show. And like people just seem like they disappear for long periods of time. Trying to create two universes split across dynamite and collision has just been a failed project. Like all that kind of stuff, you know. But if you have what shows up in AEW is you've got Okada, Osprey, now's your chance to see this shit in person. Now's your chance to see this shit in America. Now is your chance to see this in Wembley, right? That's okay, cool. Like, I think that that would work. And that would be a, a smooth way to have them there, build them up, and they don't need to derail Swerve or Hangman and that storyline and Joe and basically building up a storyline where you could have like actual interesting and exciting champions that are feel like your own thing and not like a, uh, you know, just a rehash of WWE bullshit over and over again. Um... But yeah, that's the Okada. That's the Okada. That's my Okada feelings. Um, now, how do you feel about moving on to Dragon Gate, Gate of Bayside here? Does that, um, does that work for you? Well, I don't know if you wanted to like talk, like do like the miscellaneous stuff you might have watched before. Uh, I kind of wanted to do the Dragon Gate thing first because there's not a ton here that I care about talking about. I just want to talk about the company overall. So okay, this is cool. really kind of almost like a miscellaneous slash you know, little bit of whatever news talk, and then we can do the miscellaneous, you know, Okay, well, yeah, we, we can do this all, do this all, do this all together. See how it goes. All right, yeah. cool. Go ahead. Yeah, because here's my thing with the Dragon Gate, Gate of Bayside show. Um, And, you know, I hate to do this because I'm like kind of harping on opinions that I hear from Dragon Gate English-speaking fans, blah, 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 whatever. A um, couple things. I listened to the English commentary. I, I wish I could remember whose voice is whose um, for the... Uh, for the this the second person who's with Jay, um, I'm pretty sure that this was Ho Ho Loon, um, but it could have been someone else. Um, my one of my biggest issues with the English commentary. I don't know if you listen to Japanese commentary. If you listen to commentary at all, um, but I did, uh, I, did, I did. I did the English commentary. Okay, and I just yeah. I I I don't I don't know. I don't I don't. I've tried with it. It yeah. it, it it gives me nothing. Like it. It it, uh, it, yeah. it might as well just be fucking uh like just be just be Jay doing fucking like Joey Styles by him like yes. just, just put the Joey Styles doing it by himself because yes a whole loon doesn't add anything like he like it should just be like Jay doing the shit Joey Styles like by himself right in the past Ho Ho has been you know slightly annoying when he makes weird noises and then he's just there and Jay talks and that's like been acceptable this show for me was egregious in that Hoho actually detracted from the commentary because multiple times while they're on commentary, ostensibly doing English commentary for English speaking fans, Jay is having to stop and explain what he's saying in Japanese to Hoho so that Hoho understands what he's trying to say in English. And like, again, I'm not trying to, you know, hate on Hoho because of his language barrier, but for a product that I'm trying to listen to, that just really does not work for me. That large segments of the English commentary is one of the commentators having to explain in Japanese to the other commentator what he's saying, you know, in English. Like that That was just, it was just, I won't say it's infuriating, but that was very irksome to me as I'm trying to just like watch the show and listen, that I'm like getting large sections of, of that. And again, it's it would it's not even about that it's in a foreign language. It's in it's like in the idea that it's like it's just 
uh, uh, what are we doing here? Why is this guy on the commentary on English commentary if that's the level of like his ability to you know talk about wrestling in English? Um, I you know I hate to say that, but it's just it's true. Like you know, you just yeah, it's not should... professional. Yeah, no, like having to like have uh, the other trans the other commentator translate to the guy he's supposed to be doing commentary with is that that probably shouldn't be happening. Um, yeah. It, yeah, and like I felt that way about uh, the current the, like the one of the Kurgan shows I watched that had the Shingo versus Mochizuki match on there. Like I felt I felt the way about about the the comment about the English commentary. So I yeah. think I'm just done with the English commentary from Dragon Gate for the time being. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I gave I gave it a chance, and you know that like with a lot of these like Japanese wrestling promotions, like I just don't usually do the English because I think the English fucking sucks for the most part. Um, you know, at least with New Japan, it was you know Kevin Kelly and uh, God, who was Kevin Kelly with? Fucking Chris who? Charlton. Chris Char- Chris Charlton, and he had like he had someone else too. So it was Don at some point. Um, but I've tried it with New Japan. Like I've tried like the DD, the English DDT broadcast, and like. They're just not very good. That's crazy. The, the the DDT English commentary is insane because it's like a panel with like five people. And I think half of them are just like Japanese television people that don't really even watch wrestling or like passingly watch wrestling. But it, I mean, it almost makes sense in DDT because it's just just out of fucking control. Like, yeah, that one is that's really bad. Um I like the new the new guy on on New Japan. I don't know his name, but I just I like his voice, and I think he's fine. Um, yeah. yeah but, and but, then yeah, uh, the, the comment the commentary for the English Dragon Gate is just it, it 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 does detract from the product. I do I do agree with that for sure. And then like honestly, when like speaking of Gate of Bayside, when you're like watching a show that like has a lot of stuff that like I think frankly is kind of like under delivering. Like that doesn't really help things either. <laughs> no, no, and that's the that was kind of the next point I kind of wanted to make. Um, and it's like, okay, we can wait to get to the match, but I think I'll just I'll just point it out now. It's like when and again, as I said, I feel bad harping on stuff that I hear from you know Western fans, but you know it is what it is. That's kind of the face of Dragon Gate for American fans, like. When I repeatedly hear people, including Jay, but also just fans of Dragon Gate, who are prominent fans, talking about the fact that the big hug team of Luis Monte and Hyo, that like Hyo is the standout, and it's not just, you know, oh, because he's like, you know, Japanese, whatever, but like, or like he's like slightly more popular, but they're like, Hyo, Hyo is actually the most popular guy in the company right now. And then this whole angle and the way everything has drawn out it's just turned into like he's the most popular guy and he's so hot and the crowds are so into him and then the match that he has here with kagatora is like fine but i'm just getting nothing from the crowd i'm just like okay like at what point are we like rearranging the chair you know the deck chairs on the titanic here like the idea that repeatedly over the past couple years like the dragon gate faithful like present this like oh this guy is so super hot and the crowd's so into him. And then I watch the shows and I just, the crowd seemingly are giving these people nothing. And I'm like, okay, if that's the hottest guy on your show, you've got a major fucking problem. I don't know if you like kind of saw the same thing. I mean, not only did a lot of this stuff on this show under deliver, but this crowd, and it looked like a sizable crowd. I mean, you look at what it says on, on cage match and they've got over 2000, you know, just barely over 2000 people in this building. It's a pretty big building. So maybe that doesn't help. 
But I mean, this crowd was fucking silent throughout the show. I mean, you got very little from them. Yeah, no, it was, you know, I'm sort of thinking like, is it just the commentary being really loud? Like, is, it, is the audio off? Like, I was sitting there thinking like, it's like, because I couldn't hear the crowd. So like, I'm thinking like, is the, are the audio levels just off? But like, and like, and I don't know if that was the case or not. But that was like glaring too. That I'm like, we know we see like the big camera pan out for this crowd. That's a really good crowd, like you said. And I just wasn't really hearing much of anything. Now, granted, I, like, maybe the audio was loud, but like it watching Hill versus Kagatour, I wouldn't know that Hill was the most popular guy in the company. And if that's the case, then like I'm not liking. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not very encouraged. So you could say maybe the the audio was off. Um, and like that was it. It was like it was not mic'd well, or or the the commentary was up. But there was big segments where, like, you could see the entire building clapping, and you could hear the applause. It was just like that was it. Every now and then, you would get big applause segments, and it sounded about as hot as you know a a crowd sounds when it's clapping in New Japan or even a Dragon Gate crowd that's like a good crowd. So this crowd was like into clapping at times, but just was not very vocal otherwise. And that was about it. You'd get a couple good rounds of applause and then otherwise you weren't getting a ton. Um, from the show overall, I mean, I don't know how many matches you really even care to talk about. Um, I, I guess feel frequent to like run through the show from the from the opening to the closing on what you want to talk about and we can go through it from there. Uh, sure. I mean, like, um, I'm, like if I'm looking through this, there's not a ton that I think is interesting. Uh, what do you think of Gianni Valletta in Dragon Gate? Um, I'm I didn't come into the idea of him being in the company with like really any like uh previous like opinion of him like of a lot of other people. Yeah, uh, I think that he's a really good fit. For the company, yeah, so I do far. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he brings something special to to it that like they needed, and like yeah, I'm really into him. I, a lot of people seem like they were down on him, but uh, but no, yeah. I was I was definitely digging him. Yeah, I didn't think this like the squash versus UT was like all that good as like you know could like I feel like the squash could have been a little bit better, which defeats the purpose of a, of the squash sometimes, I guess. But like you know, like I feel like it could have went a little bit better. Well, I do like the idea of Gianni Valletta here. I feel like he is like, I feel like he has something that works for Dragon Gate. Um, yeah, he's a wild man. He's got a great look. He kind of looks like um, I'm gonna say Space Cat. What the fuck is that guy's name? Um, the the British guy that teams with Thatcher and Noah. Um, I can't think of what his name, what his actual wrestling name is. I just remember Space Cat. Anyways, kind of reminds me of that, which they all are kind of doing a Brody thing, but uh, you know. In Dragon Gate, he stands out. The problem is, I don't know, like, I don't see the path for him in Dragon Gate. Even if I think that he rocks, like, what do you, what do you use him for? I guess you could, he could challenge uh, Monte, and you could get something good out of that. But other than that, it's like, I don't really know what you do with a guy like this in Dragon Gate. They just don't really have a history with that. But fuck it. I mean, do something with him, because he works. Um, Looking through some more, I do think it's interesting on Dakota Minora and Benkei versus Yamato and Shuji Kondo tag that Yamato once again beat Kota Minora. And I don't know what that's leading to. I don't know if that's leading to less, you know, Kota Minora getting a win on him. I don't know. I don't know if this is leading to like Kota Minora snapping. Like I don't know what's going on. 
but that's just something to keep an eye on that Yamato yeah. did get another fall on Kota Minora. Uh Hio versus Kagatora. I like Hio. I've always liked Hio. And I'm a really big Kagatora guy when he gets to do important stuff. This was a little flat for me. Uh, I don't know how you felt about this, but this was, I, get, I went three stars on it, which is, which I think it's a good match, but I have higher expectations for these two together. And it just didn't hit that weight at all for me. And especially like, again, we're in the midst of this face turn for Hyo. He's supposedly super popular and hot right now. And I'm waiting to like be impressed with it. As far as like, you know, like him in this sort of like important spot and like going to be like, you know, like the co-leader or whatever with and uh, big hug with Monte. And I'm just didn't really see it here. And that's versus Kakatora, a guy that like, I feel like usually when you put Kakatora in a big spot, he delivers for the most part. So I was a little disappointed in like how this match went. But yeah, I mostly agree with you. I even probably agree on the rating. Like three star, fair enough. Um, this match suffered from a lot of ancillary things that I think might be unfair to put on them. But unfortunately, this is just how wrestling works and you have to accept it. Um, Yo, being positioned or presented as the hottest guy in the company, blah, blah, blah. And then hearing the crowd just going absolutely mild for him did not help. Um, the other side of it is that this is one of these matches that suffers from a commentary thing that I've mentioned before in the past. But hey, you know, violent people, we might have new listeners. You, you mentioned it earlier. Like, um, there might be people who have not heard me say this a thousand times. But when commentary is telling me a story about a match that I'm not watching, it really takes me out of it. And the commentary was trying really hard to present this as a really good match and like an epic title defense on the line that's really putting Hyo, on, you know, into becoming an epic Brave Gate champion. And that was not what was happening in the fucking ring. I was not seeing this amazing example of Hyo becoming this legendary Brave Gate champion. I was seeing a real run of the mill, solid, okay match. And that when I when that's like that dissonance, that cognitive dissonance happens, it just it takes me out of the match. So, yeah, that hurt it. Like I said, the crowd hurt it. Um, otherwise, you know, primarily just a fine under 10 minute Brave Gate match. But when I'm being told like it's so great and then it was like the, the commentary couldn't commit. And it is another part of like I hate to harp on this commentary so much, but it's like they can't commit to the idea that this is like a really important match where this title is like going to mean something again and blah, blah, blah. And then also kind of like making jokes and talking about the names of moves and this and that and it, like it's just got like is this serious is it not serious is it joke time is it not and then also like yeah again i hate when i'm being told something that i'm not seeing i just i don't like being told a story that i'm not getting to watch because sometimes when the when the story i'm told sounds better than what i'm watching and then i'm like ah, i want to see that match you know i've 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 blamed that I've blamed Dylan for that a lot in the past where I'm just like the match that Dylan calls sometimes is better than the match I'm watching. I really want to watch the match he's calling. That was unfortunately the situation here. I'm like, I want to I want to watch the match you guys are talking about instead of this match. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my my takeaway there. Um let what me talk you... about this twin gate match. Yeah, yeah. Let me yeah, yeah, uh... yeah, about that. Go ahead. Okay, so Kung Fu Masters, they talking about that. They're in uh, Yokohama that has the biggest Chinatown in all of Japan, blah, blah, blah. You think that? Okay, that's all neat. Um, 
again, this is another one. And, you know, this this match to me felt like it had to have suffered in the building for sure. Like felt like an hour in between the last match. And then when this match started, it's fucking insane um, how much there was in between. Um, this match spoke to me on something that like, yeah, a lot of people talk about when it comes to Dragon Gate fans, wrestlers, whatever. Like this thing where they say, like, when you see a non Dragon Gate wrestler get in the ring with Dragon Gate wrestlers, you can just tell the difference because of the Dragon Gate style and the quickness and the, you know, and just the smooth mechanical execution and all this and that. And it's like, we are so far away from that because had the absolute opposite experience when we got Kaito in the ring with the guy who at this point, according to the most hardcore of hardcore Dragon Gate fans is the standard bearer the you know you know sub secret ace the workhorse of the company jackie funky kamei when kaito comes in with jackie it is like night and day it's a little boy wrestling a full-grown man i mean kaito and it's not just the size it's the aura it's the star power it's the fact that his his shit looks real like his his offense his moves look like a fucking big man wrestling and not like just a couple of kids playing around. It's just fucking night and day. And I was just, I was shocked. Cause like I said, over the years, it's always been presented the other way. Oh, when, when these guys show up in Dragon Gate, they just can't keep up. They're just a step faster. They're just a step crisper. They're just a step better. And it's like, nah, man, when Kaito is in there, you're talking about a guy who is like a big time television star, pay-per-view star ace going up against an indie wrestler. And it just really felt that way. And I was just like, Again, really taken aback, really shocked by that, and just being like, Jesus Christ, like you know what? Kaito like, was just go ahead. It felt like watching like because people talk about whatever like Kaito's booking over the last however many years, and like that definitely goes into like people's perceptions of him and how much they can buy into him as like the top guy in Noah. And I understand that. But beyond that, right? When you just watch him, when you watch a match like this, it's like, oh yeah, Kaito Kiyomi is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah, like it's like really glaring here because I like Jason Lee a lot. I like Jackie Funky Kame a lot, but you watch Kaito there, it's like, oh wow, like this is like what one of the best wrestlers in the world looks like <laughs> versus these two. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like like it, like it really was like I'm watching Kaito, and I'm like, oh shit, like wow, like you're really fucking good at this. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was my biggest takeaway from the whole thing. And I'm with you that I don't I it's not that I don't think that Kung Fu Masters are good. I've seen them have great matches. I think that they execute a lot of stuff really well. But it was just it was night and day. It was like watching an indie wrestler versus watching a fucking superstar. It really was at that level. And it's just like, yeah, like Kaito just didn't. He just shouldn't have been in the fucking ring with her. And then there was a lot of again, this was a commentary hurts it too. It's a lot of like sour grapes with commentary talking about like the difference between the title and taking it places and all this stuff. I'm like, I'm sorry. That's not Kaito's fault. Like that is clearly new Japan. Cause I think Oiwa would be better in this role as opposed to um, Alejandro, you know, you know, not, not to hate on Alejandro, but I think it's just true. Um, it would really be crazy to see because then it would be like two mainstream top level star wrestlers taking on just these like, you know, smaller level, clearly smaller level guys. Um, but, uh, but, you know, New Japan just really probably doesn't want anything to do with this. And that's why they didn't let their guy be part of this. Right. And Noah does whatever. That's fine. But like, yeah, like Kaito can't have 
the open the twin gate titles on new in at the tokyo dome because new japan doesn't want them that bring them like that's just it you guys kind of have to just accept that and it feels weird to be like talking about it and kind of having sour grapes about it i mean whatever i mean i, I get it especially if you work for the company that's frustrating but again like i'm watching the show and i just want to watch the show i don't want to hear about like the political drama going on between the companies um you know on the commentary but that you know whatever that's fine um but yeah like the biggest takeaway on this was like a solid match but every time kaito was in there it was like it was just glaring and it kind of i hate to say it like it kind of threw off the quality of the match because it just makes you realize how much better he is than anything else that's happening in there and it, it's hard to like really appreciate the rest of what's going on um so to guess get back to talking about the match some more um well the rest of the show somewhere i mean Let's talk about the main event. Let's talk about Luis Monte versus Shun Skywalker. This match was a weird experience for me because structurally there's things about it that I found very interesting. Like, I actually liked the beginning of it with Shun just kind of walking Monte down and pressing the issue with him and like establishing himself as this really imposing physical force. And Eventually, Monte just having an explosion of offense that Shun wasn't able wasn't able to overcome, and uh, I, you know they're like a good physical match for each other. Like they're the same, like they're around the same size and all that stuff. So I think that that was like a good thing to play into. But I don't know. Like it didn't really get to the levels because I was personally looking for. I didn't think that like in the middle portions that it remained like super interesting. I mean, like, it's, it's Monte and Shun, so of course there's, like, some nutty spots in there and some really great sequences, but there was nothing in, like, the middle parts that, like, kept me super intrigued by anything that, like, either one of them were doing or attempting, like, nothing about uh, the settler, there was no, like, settler, there was no selling that caught, that caught me, uh, caught me in a way or caught my attention or anything like that. It was like this match, I guess, I guess of these two physical forces. And I can understand that. And I think a match like that can work and be effective. Like, huh, it's going to be a funny comparison. Like if I compare this to like Mustafa Ali versus, uh, versus Aigle Blanc from APC, yeah. like I think Mustafa Ali and Aigle Blanc like doesn't have like a clear, like, heel versus baby face like structure and dynamic where we're going to match up where we're going to have a control segment this and that all it, it doesn't go like that it's more of like a constant back and forth thing but i feel like that back and forth is worked a lot better i feel like it's a hotter crowd all that stuff and i just think mustafa ali and ugly blanc goes for like this like athletic like freak show uh guys that are super skilled sort of thing better than monte and shoe and it's a good match and like, you know, I gave it three and a half. I think it's a good match. My problem is, is I think Monte and Shun is like the pairing, is like the matchup. These guys have had should be. Good matchups in the past. Right. That's my yeah. thing. And I'm like, huh. If you're not having a real like having like a knock it out the park match versus Shun Skywalker, I'm kind of concerned. Like, so that's exactly that was, that was so that was my issue. Was I'm like Man, I thought the match was good. I liked the match. I'm not here to shit on it. But this is supposed to be like 
the guy that you match up so well with within the company. And I left it like, hmm, that's like, I didn't, I didn't really feel the way that I kind of was hoping to feel after that match. I was hoping for it to be like, Monte's here, we're off to the races, this and that. And I'm like, oh, huh. Like, if Shun and Monte doesn't get to that level, then like, what Monte matchup would get to that level? Yeah, it's it's troubling because yes, this this should be, and this is not just about Monte. I mean, I get where you're coming from, and I agree. And if I was a normal person, I would just stop there and get it. But I always have to take it to the next level and extrapolate. Like th this is troubling for Dragon Gate because this is not just this should be Monte's biggest match. Like this should be the biggest match in the company. They've been building to it for a long time. Jay actually did a really good job on commentary for this match, explaining the importance and the history between the two and the way that their careers have ebbed and flowed with each other, the ways that their relationships with the company itself have changed and, you know, moved around and gone back and forth. All of this drama and all of this, you know, unique story between this um, and this is what we get what did what else what do they have they have nothing up their sleeve this is it this is the biggest match that this company can produce right now and this is what we got and like the finish just felt like oh it's over like i didn't have a i didn't have any kind of any feeling <laughs> any emotion any yay any boo any you know whatever just oh it's done I had to rewind it. Just beat, just beat be like, Skywalker, who's the biggest fucking heel in the company. Like the guy that, yeah. he, like the guy, the, the guy that he didn't beat at Final Gate. Like the guy that right. it was a big deal where Monte beat where Monte beat uh, Kakuda instead of Shun taking a fall, so they specifically could right. get to this match. And then and, it's over, and it's just over. Yeah, like dude. Again, people will have differing opinions on this match. Hardy Wild read the Voices of Wrestling review. I know that they're like, like, like our opinions here are way different than like what it says. Okay. In the review. But it's like, I, I don't know, man. I didn't watch that match, and I'm like, oh yeah, fucking Louis, Louis, Louis Monte's got this. I'm right. like, ah, oh, fuck, like this is Mustafa Ali versus Agle Blanc. Like, <laughs> should not like should not be better than this. Even if even if Ali. I would say is like better than like Monte and maybe better than Shun, maybe. But like Mustafa Ali versus Agli Blanc, like I don't think should be a better match than this. That kind of goes like into the same thing. Is it the same story, the same layer, same background? No. But ultimately, it's these two like athletic freak guys having an athletic freak match. Like right, random. Like and I don't want to call it random because it was APC's twentieth anniversary. But like. Mustafa Ali versus Agile Blanc should not be better than like the match in Dragon Gate. Well, yeah, and you've got no you got no history there. I mean, in general, like these guys have not. Mustafa Ali is not a guy there. These guys have not wrestled each other before. Blah blah blah. All that, like, yeah, the twentieth anniversary, sure, whatever. But yes, like, it's crazy. It's crazy because, as I said, this is supposed to be the match, and. It does speak to like a weird thing where Monte is one of the I remember this with El Generico, Sami Zayn, you know, the, the the that wrestler, one of the best wrestlers of all time, blah, blah, blah. It's it's not fair to compare, but it is like that thing where when when they were going to take his mask off, so many people were like, oh, he's but he's so good emoting with the mask. Why would you risk it taking the mask off? 
And he did such a good job transitioning to being without the mask that a lot of people kind of almost even forgot that that was an idea that you'd be concerned with. But like Monte brings it right back because this guy used to have so much personality and used to, you know, really feel it with the mask. He actually was almost better. Like, but here, I mean, and maybe his selling could step up and he could be more engaging when it comes to that. And that's part of it. But like, it just felt like just but, really a dud. I just didn't get behind but, but him. But here's my I thing. Think, it's like, yeah. who's the guy who would he, who, who he was stepping up for? Right. Like, it would just be like, he needs to get better at it in general. I like, guess would be the idea. Like, right? here's the thing. Maybe Luis Monte versus like Yuki Yoshioka when, Yuki, when Yoshioka comes back, right? Maybe that works. Maybe like, that's the thing. Or maybe we need to get back to Luis Monte being like the physically imposing guy in controlling matches. Maybe it's Casey. Maybe, like, you know, because Casey can fix everything. Maybe it's Casey. Maybe we need to do Luis Monte versus Casey. But sure. I'm like, God damn, man. I, I, like you said, like, you were being hyperbolic. I was, I was watching that match. And by the end of it, I'm like, oh, I'm not just concerned for Monte. I'm kind of concerned about like this title reign in Dragon Gate this year. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know where they go like i really don't know like what do you do what do you do next this is the biggest match i cannot imagine what you do next that comes even close to this and sure they've got like plenty of time before they get to you know something important like final gate or or i don't know like what's another a big show before dead or alive like um or uh oh god what is the I'm trying to think like what they yeah, it's dead or alive, right? That's the show that they do the the big cage match on. Yeah, um, that's historically dead or alive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like what what are they you know, they've got a while before they get to like a big show and they've got the tag team tournament to to you know kind of cover over things. But like when they do get there, what do they do? What do they what do they have? What's the next big match that you have? In general, let alone like like like, like, like you're like you're doing like you're doing something with Kota Minora. You're doing something, right? Like something's happening. I don't know what that something is, but something's happening with him. I don't know if that means like a concrete heel turn. I don't know if we're gonna be because Shun because Shun's been the heel for a little bit now. Do we readjust and Shun Skywalker goes back to the like goes back to the face side? Does he do something? I don't know, but Kota Minora. You know, he they're telling some sort of story with him. You, we know Yuki Yoshioka is really good, so and he's hurt right now. So maybe when Yoshioka comes back, but maybe they don't want to rush that. Maybe they yeah want to have like Yoshioka available for fucking Kobe World if they like have Monte if they had developed Monte for that long. Uh, <laughs> d- dude, I don't oh. know because this is Monte and Monte and Shun is legitimately like one. Like, I, I think you remember. I think you remember like the f- show we did before like the first week or something like this is legitimately one of the biggest matches in the, of the first quarter. Right. Like it really is. This is like a pretty important yeah. match. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a big deal. It's a huge, it was supposed to be a big deal. It's they're in it. Wasn't it like, it's a new market for them. They haven't done gate of Bayside before. They haven't done Yokohama it, like this before. It was like, it was like a new event. <laughs> yeah. They did a big match with like, all the locals against each other doing like a Yokohama, Yokohama face-off to try to get the crowd hype, which didn't work because the crowd just didn't get into anything all night. Like, and this is what you end up with. And it's just, I don't know. I really don't know what you do 
on top of the fact that this didn't deliver, you had a bad crowd, and it's just like, what do you, the fuck do you do next? Like, I really don't, I really don't know. Um, I was, to say I was trepidatious on the Luis Monte title win, but like, I'm gonna be honest, I wouldn't have fucking put the title on Luis Monte. I, I would have, I would have kept it on Kikuta. I thought that there was something there, and you could still do stuff with him. And you could really like fucking build up a big time ass kicker heavyweight champion. And I think that they really dropped the ball putting the title on Monte. And I think it shows here. I think Kakuda is a better wrestler than Monte. But I do think it was time for him to lose the belt. Like, and I don't think that's like an indictment Fair. against Kakuda. Like, I just think that Monte, it felt like he was, he felt sort of undeniable at that point. And I can see the appeal. And putting the belt on him. Now again, I think Kakuda is better than him. But like I do think that like he might have needed like, hey, you know, we tried this thing. Let's come back later on, do some title shots, whatever, see how these things go. But like I do feel like his reign was kind of weird. Um I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. So like it's, it's, not, it's nothing, nothing nothing against him. Like he still might be the best of his class of his class of guys. Like he he might just flat, flat out be the best. Like at, at that point, at this point, but like, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I think going with Monte was like the right idea. It is like probably what I would have done, but I'm just, I'm concerned now. I definitely am concerned now, but I'm not going to write it off. You know, I'm not going to like, I'm not hitting the panic button right now, but uh, definitely am a little concerned if we're going to move off to Dragon Gate for a little, for a bit now sure, and talk about some stuff that, uh, doesn't really fit in any category. I've watched some matches. Uh, well, I want to talk about Mustafa Ali. Yes, that was exactly where I was going to go because you brought it up multiple times, and I know I knew that you had watched some Mustafa Ali matches. You kind of talked about it, but I didn't know how deep you went because it sounds like you went pretty deep, and you're watching his whole his whole catalog, his whole post WWE run. Um, I haven't watched the because match. From okay. I forget what the fuck it is, but I've watched him versus Von Vertigo from C4, and I've watched the Ugly yes. Blanc match. I okay. didn't get a chance to watch um something like him, him versus something like something Saver. I didn't get to watch that. Yeah, um, okay. but I know that's an IWTV, so I'm like, I'll get to that at some point. But yeah, like my my idea was, you're right. I was gonna watch everything with Safali has done post WWE. Yeah, um, I can't blame you for that. You've got um. It's a tough one here, right? Okay. Um, Ajay, Ajay Blanc is, he's one of the French adores, right? I, it was, yes. It's crazy because you're talking about him like, oh shit, I did not, I don't even think about that guy. And like, those guys had an unfortunate run in WXW, but like you talked about, like Ajay Blanc is actually like a freak athlete. But I just think like the most that people have probably paid attention to him have just seen he, him doing like, kind of goofy like, stuff. He, the, the, the When I watched him, because this, this is actually my first time watching him, right? Um, and I, Other and than I, WX7. I don't know. His, I don't know. His, um, I uh, or Igle Blanc. I don't know which one it is. So forgive me if someone listening to us knows. Feel free to correct the our uh, pronunciation of this name. But, I'm sure it's like Angel in French. Sure. So like, I, I like my thing watching him was like, oh, like he's like if Car Noir was good and like. <laughs> not the worst, it, it, like not the worst thing to ever touch wrestling. <laughs> like, yeah. 
if you take away all the bad of car noir like all the like like awful presentation shit like all like the like trying to make everything high art shit and you just hear this athletic freak of a wrestler who's really talented i feel like i i feel like i like want like is yeah. very comparable to that <laughs> yeah and i i did double check it right now it's um it's white eagle in french um white and eagle? yeah i yeah okay which i guess makes sense because okay yeah looks like an, okay and it looks like it should be pronounced ugly ugly uh, whatever um a glee anyways um igly block a a glee um because a- the pronunciation so it's like a y dash l g so yeah so 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 okay sure Igly right. blanc um and it's the white eagle and uh yeah like freak athlete the stalling stuff that he was doing early on was interesting because he cuts such an imposing figure by being like by half a foot taller and then also like ripped to shreds uh yeah I, I keep on my ali looks fucking incredible too so it's like it's kind sure, of like, sure. like crazy to like look at like ali who's like in phenomenal shape and then like angley blanc is right there it's like I mean, like it's what like oh fuck? like yeah, yeah, like Jesus Christ, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, these are these are some absolute freaks. Um, and then yeah, they they're in like this weird building. Love this kind of shit where you're running. The ring, the is, the ring is fucking tiny. Yeah, the ring is tiny. You're running in a building in a room that shouldn't have wrestling in it. You've got a hot, packed in crowd. It's funny because, um, and I don't know. I think you probably didn't end up catching any of it, but the action show, uh, we meet again. Um. They're in a similar weird ass building like this, which is nice because it's like when I see a weird ass building like this where the ring is like way too close to a wall on one side and, and they have a projection on the thing and all that stuff. Like I really think of like European indies, but like to see action doing like a show in a building like that was very fun because um, it's like, OK, that's like they're doing it in European in- indie style. And then this is also the same kind of thing. Um, But yeah, like. And <laughs> oh, fuck, <laughs> fuck. Do I really want to do it to him? I guess I I guess I will, Quentin. Um <laughs> Ugly Blanc in the mask. Um selling better than Luis Monte without the mask. Like, you know, and going from as you talked about the drama between the two, going from I'm stalling, I'm this big freak, I'm doing this impressive crazy shit to selling in a way that actually gets me behind you and the way that again as you talked about that the heel face dynamic switches back and forth which makes sense for two guys like this who are sick ass high flyers so it's like when i'm on offense i'm a baby face you know what i mean like that's like how the story should work like it makes sense um it's just yeah it was, it, it's actually really really good match um and i agree with kind of your takes on that but yeah like i said um Agle blanc better than Luis monte i don't know he at least sells better than him uh, <laughs> what'd you think of uh, Mustafa Ali versus Von Vertigo from C4? Um, not as good, but still very good and still speaks to the talent level of uh, Mustafa Ali. Um, yeah, that, that really, was my like yeah. thought, thought too. Is like Von Vertigo definitely not as good as a uh, as uh, 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 a Blanc, Agle Blanc, Agle Blanc, Agle Blanc. Uh, that makes sense, actually. Not, not, not like, not like, not as good as him, but. Like I think this is the better Ali performance of the two matches, and yes. that's what carries it rating wise for me. Because I thought Ali was fucking spectacular in this match. Like I was just so impressed with him here. 
Because Von Vertigo isn't a bad wrestler. I don't think he's bad. I think he's like a serviceable sort of like mid card, like uh, sort of like smaller fly, flying high spots based guy. But he's not great at that role either. He's just he's there. He's like he's he's a he's an okay wrestler. But Mustafa uh, you know Ali's what? performance is like phenomenal here. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say. You know what Vertigo reminds me of is like early Dalton Castle before he was Dalton Castle. Okay. Like, and you know the difference. Obviously, Vertigo flies a lot more, but it's this thing where it's this guy who's like really athletic. He has got some kind of charisma, but like the two things are just not clicking well yet. And it was just like early, like smooth sailing Ashley Remington thing was like fun and funny. And this guy like does some cool stuff, but it was just, he just really hadn't put it together yet. Um, and there was like clearly charisma there, but it was just like, eh. and you know, it's tough, especially when you got quack booking you and you have to deal with that psychopath. Um, so it's like, he gives you this dumbass character and you just have to do it even if it doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's a, it, to me, it feels very similar to young Dalton castle where it's like a guy who the pieces are there incredibly talented um and not just you know athletically but also with the charisma and character he's just got to figure it out and then hopefully he can put it together and then when he got like when he got the pieces working he could be like a really special kind of talent because he's got a special kind of charisma and also a really neat like uh, physicality and that's it yeah that's like what i've seen from from vertigo and that's pretty high praise because you know that i've i was pretty high on dalton castle from the beginning like yeah, you know yeah, so like, and I, I've been pretty high on Vertigo for a while. Like, you know, I mentioned it in the chat, but like Vertigo is just like a guy who I followed for a bit, who I've like never talked about publicly because he's just a guy who I keep my eye on. I do that with a lot of times I do that with C4 wrestlers because I watch C4 and almost nobody else does. Or like um, even uh, the what, what the is what the fuck is uh, Ethan Page's promotion? Alpha Alpha One Alpha or whatever. You. Yeah. yeah, like I keep I keep my eye on the Canadian indies over there, but I like don't really talk about it that much because nobody else watches it. So why should I fucking bring up the shit that no one's gonna ever watch? And there's not like stuff that's like, oh, you gotta see it, you know? There's like every, if if something comes up, I will mention it. Um, there was like the feud with um. Anyways, this is not the point. That's what I see in Vertigo. Mustafa Ali brought it out here, as you talked about, with his amazing performance where Vertigo didn't, you know, it didn't like it wasn't like a star making night or whatever, anything like that. But Vertigo was there and he was able to be in a great match if he was not like a great wrestler on this night, which was pretty, pretty. That's still something, you know what I mean? There's a ton of really good wrestlers who never have great matches. Uh, So, like, it, on the matches that you've seen. How have you felt about uh, Mustafa Ali? Because to me, he Excited. like watching him and watching like you know like when Biff came back and everything when Biff got released. Like there are certain times when a guy gets released and they get back get put back on the U.S. Indies now, and the U.S. Indies are just less good than when they were there. And you like release them back to the wild, basically, and you're like, oh yeah, like Mustafa Ali is like so much better than so many people. Yeah, like. It's yes. kind of like jarring, and it made me more excited because, you know, he had the uh, you know doing the, doing the presidential campaign uh, bit thing, which I think is like is gonna like lead to him doing like you know acting more heelish in matches, and that's based on what we saw, and I'm really interested in that in the context of like some New Japan stuff because 
I'm ex- I, I I'm interested to see like when him and Hiromu goes down. I am interested in that. I would like to see him in Best of Super Juniors. I'm I'm into this. Like Ali, two matches in, he sold me. I'm I'm in, I'm interested. I'm back. I'm back with Mustafa Ali. And not that I ever left. You know, he's in WWE, so I wasn't watching him. But it's like, as far as like, he's he's still good. He's still good. I have no concerns about Mustafa Ali at all. Yeah, I, I uh, absolutely agree with like, I'm in. The Biff comparison is interesting because Biff was like hit the ground running, but he was also this crazy supernova that like burnt out so fast. But it was yes. like everything he did was phenomenal and like must watch um, for that little bit that he was there. And it was like instantly. Ali feels different because not only, I mean, he had a longer run, obviously, he was in WWE for much longer. Um, talked about like the difference he also was not a guy that like wrestled around a lot like before he got signed it was like freelance was like the thing and that was it um i mentioned this online but it's like i remember before he got signed he was talking about retiring so it was like he felt like he was one foot out the door already before he signed in wwe and like getting signed was the only thing that really kept him going um so it is kind of like okay how much was he keeping up on this blah 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 like all that so i think he needs to get back in the groove the, the New Japan stuff is very interesting. I think there's a lot there that's worth checking out that I want to see, um, like what he does there. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep an eye on him, and I'm with you. I I, I appreciate you like having a kind of a project guy you're keeping an eye on. Um, so I'll, I'm gonna be right there with you, riding with it to see what the fuck we get out of this. Um, yeah, the um, you know the other matches that he's done, and and I haven't seen them yet. And I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess I could definitely have watched the GCW match, but he's got a GCW oh, uh, match with Gringo Loco. Don't, don't care. I'm not going to check that out. So you, you mentioned no. him. Did you want to talk about? Uh... I will, ta- I will talk about it. Um, <laughs> But then the other thing is, and this is okay. This speaks to the Gringo Loco thing. Um, They stuck him into a, a three-way match with Gringo Loco and Jack Cartwheel at Demand Lucha. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I don't know if it's up. If there's anywhere to watch it yet. Um, actually, I just pulled it up and Cage Match says it's on IWTV, but Cage Match sometimes does that and the match is not actually up there yet, but it's just like it's going to be up there or it live streamed. Either way, Demand Lucha has had a series of matches between Jack Cartwheel and Gringo Loco for the title, uh, for like their main title, right? And they have been fucking crazy. Like, these guys have really, really good chemistry with each other. And in this one promotion, it's working out really well. It doesn't hurt that, like, I think Jack Cartwheel is really, really good. Uh, But yeah, like, for some reason, they've had a couple of matches in Demand Lucha that have really kicked ass for the championship. They stuck Gringo Loco into that feud, and I kind of like the idea of that, so I am interested in seeing that match. I have not watched it yet. I don't know if it's online yet, but I would definitely check that out. But that just speaks to, again, as you brought up, like, I'm not... I am a Gringo Loco hater, and I think he's a bad wrestler, but I'm not, like, going to shut off my brain and never appreciate if he does happen to have a good match and he does have good matches with Jack Cartwheel, right? But <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> the Moxley and Gringo Loco match was 
abhorrent. It was one of the worst, most just fucking like depressing matches I've seen in so long. People were like hyped on it. I wanted to see it because Moxley was so good for so long at being able to like pop into places like this and just deliver with like a guy who's way beneath him in this just extraordinary way. And this was just not it. This was just lazy crowd brawling bullshit. Just one of the worst matches I've seen in a very long time. So I just, I'm going to say, do not recommend, do not go out of your way to check out that match. It's just not, uh, not worthwhile. Um, but yeah, thanks Quentin for reminding me to say that that match was bad. <laughs> um, did you end up watching anything from the action show? No, I didn't get a chance. I didn't get around to it. And like, oh, yeah. now that like I'm back, back, like, I, I'm not going to watch this. Uh, if we're watching the whole show, fine. But like, I'm not doing this cruel shit anymore, man. I'm not doing it. I'm, not, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. I, I, I refuse, Tim. I'm not going <laughs> to make you. I'm not going to tell you to watch cruel matches. I'm not doing I just, it. Fucking, I'm not going to tell you to watch real much. I'm, I'm, I'm so not fucking tired. Of, I'm not I'm so yeah. tired of this, dude. I mean, I should I should I call him out? Yeah, whatever. Um, I want to do like a, a bit of a, a Tanner call out a bit of a Tanner. Let's say a Tanner call in. Um, sometimes I feel like he just says stuff and that's fine. Whatever. But listening to Muscle Orchestra, uh, one of our sister network podcasts now, and I'm just like some of the stuff he's talking about guys that he's excited about. I'm like. Okay, well, I feel bad because it feels like you're talking about guys that I was talking about on podcasts like 10 years ago, five years ago, seven years ago, and now you're acting like it's this brand new person you never heard of. Um, Ryan Davidson from, you know, Texas scene. Quentin, you remember me and Pete talking about him forever? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Tanner is like, I've never heard of this guy once in my entire life. And he did a fucking tour of all Japan and he's one of the best who's ever done it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. So I'm just like, okay, Tanner, like, it's hard for me. To like be like, oh man, this he's so he definitely <laughs> knows anything about wrestling. Um, when I'm like, dude, you you're talking about you've never heard of people that I was fucking on podcasts years ago that you could have easily heard me talking about like a very long time ago about how good they are. So, anyways, um, yeah, I'm not gonna make you watch cruel matches. It feels like sometimes it feels like such a weird bit to be like, oh, I'm into this guy who's clearly sucks, you know? Um, Logan Creed fucking stinks, dude. Yeah. I He's always yeah. sucked. I don't understand this. I not just because you put a fucking mask on somebody and they try the Mil Muertes thing doesn't mean it's good. Mil Muertes was good at it. You know why Mil Muertes worked? Because Ricky Banderas is good. Yeah. Ricky Banderas at is his good. core. He's a good wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky Banderas is good without needing a mask. He's good. Whether you go to like some like to some Puerto Rico stuff or miscellaneous stuff on the indies or even like, you know, like the TNA stuff wasn't great, but you still get like this, like, like the mismatch is fun. That's way better than fucking anything cruel, cruel has ever done. Better than anything Logan Creed has ever done in an entire fucking career. Like, he sucks. He sucks, man. He sucks. Tired he of this shit. He sucks. And it was why I made such a big deal. And I understand why you didn't get into it. And actually, I might have been doing that show with Joseph when I think about it. But like the, the DPW match with Colby, like that was why I was so into that match is that Colby was able to have a solid match with Cruel. Like I was just really impressed that Colby was that good that he was able to pull that off. Um, yeah. Either way, on the action show, um, no reason really to watch anything. I hate to say this because, you know, obviously I love Matt. Great guy. He won't listen to this. Um, 
the only thing to check out is Mose Moses versus uh, Rico Gonzalez. That's like the only match on the show that I would recommend people watch. Um, solid. Rico's really putting it together. Moses guy was really was good here. Um, the one thing that I did question, and I'll you know circle back to talking about the Texas scene. Um, Moses solid, probably cheap, probably local. So th this is why you book him instead. But he did remind me of the fact that I don't understand why none of these fucking, you know, um, like we just try to get buzz off of the Internet uh, promotions. And I'm not calling action one of those, but in general that like no one has booked uh, Brick Savage. Have you seen Brick Savage? I have not. Brick Savage is this gigantic freaky ass black dude from the texas scene who does some of the craziest fucking moves you could imagine that a lot of times i think he's like stealing them from shit from like motion capture stuff from god of war um where he's just like trying to kick his put his boot through someone's chest and stuff and like he went like semi-viral on twitter a couple months back for like some clips of him just like throwing people through the air in like insane ways and i just always wonder why nobody like pulled the trigger on booking this guy more because all you got to do if you're just like a, a company that wants to do like book gifts like just have this guy wrestle like any of your high flyers and he will make gifts because the shit that he does is freaky man like he is just crazy strong big and like stout and i just you know I, again i don't blame whatever action was doing here with this guy on this but i when i saw him come out i was like why does no one fucking book book brick savage because that guy is like nuts and like you could definitely go viral with some gifts with this guy. Um, so yeah, that was. I, I, that I, I, was I, haven't seen, I haven't seen them yet. So you have to like, gonna you know, like have to send me something. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you the 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 gif because there was like a highlight real gif that went viral like a while ago, and um, the you know uh, I can't remember his name. Anyways, let's move on before I uh, get in any more trouble for talking about wrestling promoters. You know, from the DMs that I can't remember their name right now. Um, uh, oh, go ahead. Just trying to like, just looking. I'm just looking at my sheet. Um, did DPW? you? Watch... Oh, oh, okay, DPW works. We can talk about DPW. Yeah, Calvin Tankman versus Andrew Everett. Probably the only match on the um, the live four show that's worth checking out. I yeah. would also personally, for me, recommend Bojack and BK and Blackwood and Titus. Um, they're both under ten minutes long and really cool little like, um. Just kick-ass matches with, like, young-ish dudes who are, like, established versus not established in DPW having just, like, athletic matches with some story to it. But, yeah, yeah otherwise... Yeah, you know Blackwood yeah. and Alexander are both on my list. So, like... Right. Like, uh But, no, I, 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 I trusted it might have been, like, okay. Um, only the only, things, okay. only other things that I watched on that show other than Tankman and Everett was Garini and Co versus... Uh, uh, Super oh, Smash yeah. Bros. And, that was a weird one. Yeah, and then like they like had wrestled the day before or something like that, and like the C four match is like a good bit better. Um, I bet. And, and then uh, Miyuki Watase versus Nicole Matthews was fine. Like I like I, I, I expected a little bit more yeah. from that, but it it was okay. Yeah. It was fine. I wanted more, and it did. It was a match that really made me question why they didn't just put the title on Nicole to begin with. Like, if Emmy was going to drop the title anyways, I kind of understand not wanting to go from heel to heel, but I was just kind of like, ah. Takase is, like, fine, but I there's just nothing special here from her. 
Um, whereas Nicole, you could continue to have an interesting women's champion if she was the t champion right now. But yeah, whatever. Um, Pinkman Everett. I mean, I guess talk about what you thought about the match. Uh, I think the best way to describe it is like, well, Calvin Tankman, he's a guy that if you're watching U.S. Indies, you've always kind of had high hopes, expectations for him because you can see the talent level in a variety of different settings. But it hasn't always manifested into like being like the fully formed wrestler that you would hope he could be or that you think he could be. And this match was the perfect representation of like what Calvin Tankman should be doing and the type of matches that he should be having uh, where even if he's not necessarily a heel and I kind of want to see like a more like heel ruthless, like really just nasty version of Calvin Tankman. I would like to see that, but even as this just big imposing baby face uh, and like a, ace figure champion i feel like it works when you have him like doing stuff that directly plays off of like his size and you're not having him do things that he shouldn't be doing like you're not like over emphasizing the fact that he is athletic and relying on that too much you should be relying on the fact of like how fucking big he is and that he's so much stronger and bigger than the majority of people on the roster and the yeah. fact that they're like really emphasizing that is great and it's even better than it's being done against a guy like Andrew Everett, who is just working his way up the fucking all-time bumpers list with this before yeah. with like like with with this like bumpers and sellers. Frankly, like he's gonna get more like more highlight for the bumping, but Everett selling here in this match is just fucking phenomenal. He just dies on every chop. I love his I love his body I love his body language. And uh, everything that he everything that he does here with that as he's selling in this match in another life, Andrew Everett is like the best jobber ever. Oh yeah, like that kind of is like maybe ultimately where he should be. Even though he's like a super talented guy, is like he probably is like the best jobber ever in like a different time period, and he's really really good in this match as well. And I think. Everett's performance does so much to giving Tankman credibility in what he needs. And I hope it's like a good step in the right direction for Tankman's DPW run because I want to like Tankman. I've wanted to like Tankman for years. And I'm hoping that this is like the thing where this all clicks. Like this is just, it clicks. We're here. This run happens. This match is great. I haven't seen the Colby Carino match yet. I'm hearing good things about it, but I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one yet. But I would, I would really, I'm really interested to see the Colby uh, Cage match. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. interested. If if we can get this sort of stuff from Calvin Tankman on a regular basis, I'm interested. Yeah, I want to see this title run from Tankman continue on. Um, he's, he's basically. The closest thing I think we've ever gotten to, I mean, outside, I guess, if you look at the, the lineage, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the Dynamite Kid lineage, right? Where it's like, there's Dynamite Kid, and then there's Chris Benoit, who's like the most, you know, Dynamite Kid that you ever have after that. And then it's like, 
Yeah, Davy Richards, who's like a knockoff of almost like more of a knockoff of Benoit. And then, oh God, now I can't remember how this how my timeline goes, but then there was somebody after that who's like jumps back and is more like Dynamite Kid than they are like continuing down the line. Um anyways, Danielson's in the lineage somewhere in there, blah blah blah. Um where it's like there's Vader, and then Brock is like kind of like Vader but different. And then Tankman is kind of like he, he jumped back to being like Vader. Because Tankman is like the closest thing that we have to Vader in wrestling right now. Like the way that he is, as you talked about, the way that he is so physically imposing, um, but also incredibly athletic, but never, ever like lets the lets his like um his size and never lets his like imposing nature be subjugated to the idea that he could bump and sell and be overly athletic and do a bunch of crazy shit. No, like he busts it out when he needs to, but it's very rare. He makes it a big deal. And he's always focusing on being an unstoppable, gigantic, unbeatable monster. And he's so fucking good at it. Like he's really absolutely great. I love him um, doing that. I, again, I want to check out the same stuff you're talking about from the next show. Um, use this to transition to Tankman. Similar thing. Um, West Coast Pro, ill-mannered. I think you probably didn't watch this show. But Beef Tank, Calvin Tankman, and Big Beef, Gnarls Garvin, taking on Sky High. Um, same fucking thing. They do a powerplex. It's like Beef is not really necessarily like crazy smaller than Tankman, but Beef does all of the athletic high spots. Beef does big bumps. Beef does dives. They do a powerplex and Beef does the splash. Like it's presented like Tankman is the tank and Beef is the high flyer, even though they're like, he's not that much smaller. So it's just this crazy team. I love Beef Tank. 2024 is going to be the year of Beef Tank. And astronauts need to watch out because people have been talking about how it's just so obvious astronauts are the tag team of the year they keep being the tag team of the year if beef tank continues to be a thing and has matches like this in west coast pro and then hopefully other people wake up and start be booking beef tank um then they can like have some more great matches at other places but beef tank is if they're not the best tag team of the year at the end of 2024 they're going to be my favorite tag team of the year because they just kick ass i love them as a team and it, it plays into exactly what I was talking about, where Tankman is so good at being the big man. Even in a team where like he's his partner is also a big man, he's still the bigger man somehow. It's yeah, it's great. And then the post-match is this wild, chaotic brawl where all of Suavecitos can barely fucking handle Tankman. It's like four dudes trying to fucking beat up Tankman, and he's just absolutely annihilating him. And then yeah, uh Beef comes off of the fucking stage with the crazy ass dive. It's it's out of control, and Beef Tank is the fucking team of 2024. Everyone pay attention to Beef Tank, because they are, at this point, as a tag team, they are 100% hit rate. Like, they have nothing but bangers as a tag team. They are so fucking great. Highly recommend them checking out. And it, <laughs> I didn't even say who they're wrestling. They're wrestling this team that's just called Sky High. It's two dudes who don't have fucking cage match profiles. Never really heard of them. Haven't seen them before. And it doesn't really matter. It's all about Beef Tank. Like, Tankman and Gnarls Garvin fucking rock, dude. It's such a sick-ass tag team. 
Um, I haven't seen I haven't seen them together yet, so I do got to give that a chance. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Check if you get the chance, check out their their tag team. West Coast Pro is the only one that booked them together, but they're so good together. Um, um, so Titus Alexander. Oh, sorry, no, Titus Alexander. There's, there's, there's more Leo, stuff on there. Oh, what what's that? Oh, there's more stuff on that show. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Titus Alexander, Leo Azaka. Um, highly recommend it. Titus Alexander's on your bad list, but whatever. Um, I think he's great. I'm Titus Alexander truther now. Um, after years of denying Titus Alexander, I think he's really good. Um, so definitely check that out. And then Starboy Charlie Alpha Zoe. Zoe is my man. I'm petitioning the world. Book Alpha Zoe versus Mad Dog Connolly at some point. These guys have to fucking fight. They're built to fight. Um, Zoe is, I mean, he looks incredible coming back from Japan. And Starboy Charlie is finally starting to click as a champion. This was a really great match. It's under 20 minutes, but it still feels like an epic main event championship match. Um, Zoe throws this kid around like a rag doll, comes across like he's doing like real big boy shit. Um, Zoe is just, again, Zoe is the breakout, should be a breakout star for 2024. I really hope he puts it together. I hope more people pay attention to Zoe and look at him like incredibly talented, really great, like detail work the way that he presents himself as as a star the way that he bumps and sells when it's time but also knows when to just fucking shrug shit off and and no sell like he's got he's really kind of clicking and i think it's time for more people to be paying attention to how great alpha zo is in 2024 um Quentin, feel free to uh move on to whatever you wanted to move on to i think the final thing for us to probably talk about is the thing that i think is probably the match of the week so it kind of works out to being like the last thing we talk about. Um, did you? Well, I'm not sure. Like, did you watch what I'm going to mention? I watched uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Shitaro Oshino. So I was going to mention that. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no. Please, please. Uh, yeah. So just Katsuhiko uh, Shitaro Oshino versus Katsuhiko Nakajima from All Japan on January 27th. Uh, I know you're really, really high on the Charlie Dempsey match. And maybe I'll be higher if I went back and watched it, but like on first on like first watch for both of those, I have those about the same rating. I think that uh, Shino versus Nakajima is really really good, and I'm not sure you watched it yet, but I think you'd like it a lot. Um, the there's like some the amateur work and Matt stuff is good here, especially you know like Nakajima's gotten better and become more of a Matt guy as time went on, but you know like his background is more into like the kickboxing or whatever and Shitaro Oshino has like a straight up wrestling background so they play with a lot of that stuff and then eventually you get to some limb work and uh some good selling and eventually like the bomb throwing as it escalates so, you know it's really good and doesn't feel like it's too much to match it goes like 19 minutes so it's not like super overindulgent or anything and the limb work eventually does play like play uh pay off into the finish which is something I was kind of fearing as the match was going on I thought that it would just kind of get to the point where the work they were doing just didn't matter by the time we got to the end, but it did play into the finish. So like all that stuff there, all that stuff considered, I think that you'd really enjoy Ishino versus Nakajima. And really Nakajima's off to a really good start with this title run, man. I mean, like obviously the Miyahara match from last year, uh, the Dempsey match from earlier in the month. And there's a Shino match. Now this is, this might be Nakajima's best work. And there are some years where people have like been really high on Nakajima. People were really high on that initial sort of like gimmick change run where he became like more of the sleazy long hair Nakajima. But this is like total package. I think this is like Nakajima's best work. He's 
really been knocking it out of the park in all Japan. So, you know, I guess a shout, shout out to him and shout out to this match. Uh, Ashino versus Nakajima was really good. Yeah. Um, that is on my list of things to watch, and I guess I just completely forgot that it happened. I was wanting to see it when it was announced, and I just forgot that it happened. Um, Ashino is a guy that I was high on from the Wrestle One days, even. So, yeah, he's a he's definitely someone that I'm into, and and you like you talked about. I'm big on Nakajima, especially right now. I I was one of those people who maybe I didn't say he was like wrestler of the year, but definitely thought that like when he first got into the long hair sleazy gimmick that he was really great but continuing now i'm like maybe this is like his career work is what he's about to settle into because he's like he's been pretty pretty up there as the triple ground champion he's like really really putting it together um, um I, I mean, well, a couple more things that i think we're gonna we're gonna sure. talk about one more uh yeah. the collision episode was fucking great yes like Holy shit, that was a really good episode. <laughs> Collision has been really good the whole year, actually. Um, but in particular, I want to talk about Danielson and Yuji Nagata. I really didn't expect them to Amazing. just kind of like have that match. I thought it would be like a fun sort of novelty thing. I didn't expect them to have like a legit, like really good match there and like get time and get focus. And for them to treat Nagata with such respect and reverence there that he was allowed to go out there and have like have this sort of match with Danielson. And obviously Danielson gets to call his shots or whatever. But the fact they got so much time and focus and like down the stretch with the fucking dueling limb stuff and everything, just it was a really fucking good match. Danielson and Nagata is awesome. And Danielson, I don't know how active we're gonna see him for the entire year, but this dude's year is starting off with the Okada match. Uh he has the Okada match. He has the um, man. What the fuck else? I'm think, I'm trying to think. Okada Nagata. He has the tag with Claudio versus Kingston and Ortiz. He has he says he has Hachisero coming up in trios this, or uh, uh, is it a yeah no he has the um Atomico with TMDK versus the Blackpool Combat Club and Chaos from New Year's yeah. Dash. Um yeah, and then like and then like you know. Uh, this, you know, yeah, like he's having a really good year so far already. And yeah. he still presumably is going to have another match with Eddie Kingston. And he has a Zack Sabre Jr. match coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's already booked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's I don't a, know. There's a lot there. Like I, like, I don't know how active he plans on being for the whole year. But like, all just, you know, just the best wrestler ever being the best wrestler ever. That's all. Um, the idea that Danielson, the greatest of all time, is looking at making sure that his retirement year is the best year of his career. Um, and meanwhile, we've got fucking Daniel Makabe making this his last year of his career. Like, it's crazy to have two of the greatest of all time wrapping it up in the same year. What the fuck is going on? And the fact that, you know, it's not likely that these two end up wrestling each other this year. They, uh, could you imagine if Danielson yeah. and fucking Makabe finally had a match and it was in both of their final year wrestling? Anyways, you know, um, whatever. So, a couple more things before we get to the match that I'm pretty sure you want to talk about. Uh, finally watched Will Ospreay versus, oh. versus Josh Alexander. Uh, that yes. was really good. Like, that was like legit, like, bear that match a lot. Um, I thought that match kicked ass. It's fucking that was crazy, crazy that, race. like, yes, yeah. No, I know, and that's like one thing that people I think don't think about. But yes, he's gotten really good at that, especially because he's always kind of 
he's all he was always kind of bigger for like you know an indie guy so he is actually a solid base anyways um there was other uh, stuff on the collision show. Like you talked about how great that collision show was. Anyway, I guess that's fine. Oh, yeah. no, we, no, we, no, we, no, 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 I know, I know a lot. I know like Claudio and Claudio and Mox versus Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty. <laughs> yes. Really... Like that's okay. That's a big deal because that's like the, the Shane Taylor thing where I'm just like, they don't, it just felt like for some reason he was not going to get picked up by AEW. Like, didn't that feel that way in the beginning? It was like, Shane Taylor is just not going to be, he's not going to make the transition. And then he does. And then in this match, it really felt like they actually like got what made Shane Taylor good. Um, So I'm just excited Uh, to see like what they're going to do with him. Yeah. That was, that that was really, that was really encouraging. Uh, Cassidy, Orange Cassidy and commander and commander was good too. I like that. And then even like, well, I just think lady frost, I'm happy. Like, Lady Frost, like Lady Frost and Mariah May yeah. was like, like Mariah May is like obviously the one that's being pushed. Up. Like Lady Frost just looked fucking incredible in that match. Yeah. I don't love Lady Frost, but I do think that she's a really good wrestler. You know what I mean? Like personally, I don't think she's like whatever, but like she is really good, and she's like the kind of wrestler that they should have on their roster as like a jobber to the stars level kind of worker because yeah. she can make people look good and she can also be really interesting and exciting mariah may though this is kind of like two for two with mariah may where she makes her opponents look so goddamn good and yeah, it's queen like i'm and now lady, lady frost, frost. yeah yeah She's you like, kind of forget how good she is at that yeah um so before we get off of aw real quick i did sure. go back to like catch some stuff that i hadn't seen so i went back to the collision episode from Jeff from january 6th Eddie Kingston versus Trent Beretta is my AEW match of the year so far. Wow, you're that high on it. Okay, I can't I argue with you. Fucking yeah. love Eddie Kingston versus Trent. Yeah, like I didn't. Like, I thought it would be good. You know, it's Eddie Kingston and it's Trent. So I'm thinking it'll be a, it'll be a good match. But I, like the selling from both of them is like really fucking great. I love this sort of like ace champion Eddie that we got that we got in this and like his approach and, and his approaches and strategies. Trent's selling is really good down the stretch as like Kingston is getting some offense thrown towards him. He's really good. He's really good selling as well. The fucking blood that we get from Trent is awesome. And then like for again, like a what you can call a nothing title match, because this is Eddie's first defense of the of of, uh, of the Continental Crown that you could that you like is Eddie's going to win. It's a foregone conclusion. But people get really into the match. Like once Eddie, once Trent kicks out of the fucking uh first northern lights bomb or whatever like it gets like a real genuine big reaction here i I love the way this match is structured i love the way this match is done i feel like if this match happened on like fucking wwe cw the people would be like (laughs) lauding it as like some fucking like classic match eddie kingston and trent is fucking great and like I, i understand like that I'm like probably just extremely high on it. And there's been a fucking amazing stuff. Like there's been, you know, dancing in Nagata. There's been um Darby and Takesh and Takeshita. There's been Hangman and Claudio. Like there's been some really good stuff. Some up with Joe and Hook. Like I fucking love Eddie and Trent Beretta. Like this is such a awesome match to me in just like straight up just like really good ass pro wrestling from these two guys. And like the blood is like like, it, like it's the blood helps a lot, but it's just it's just it's a really fucking good match, man. Everything about it feels so organic and natural, and I love the performances from both those guys. I can't talk about that match enough. That match is awesome. And then no one talks about the FTR 
in like Garcia versus like a uh, House of Black oh, yeah. Feud as if it's like really as if it's like that good or anything. And I understand. Wow. And I understand. I understand like why people like people aren't really that into House in the House of Black. A lot of people are annoyed by FTR. Like I understand, but it's the most collision thing that's happening, and it's kind of tough because like anything that's collision branded at this point feels like a failed brand and like has that like has the stink on it of cm punk so yeah like i i understand why people don't want to talk about it because ftr and house of black is the most like you know collision thing that's happening in aew yeah and but like the tag the tag match of ftr versus matthews and malachi from the january 6th collision collision episode is like really fun too i like that match a lot and like yeah, I wasn't expecting it to like it as much as I did, but like I was like, oh wow, that was like a really good match. I liked it a lot. So uh did some catch up there and yeah, good. caught that collision episode. Uh did you did you watch any in Trent and all this stuff or Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I watch all that. I watch all of that. The Eddie and Trent. Um and I I guess I saw talk and people thinking about it, but I you know, like you said, people didn't mention it and all that but there's also like again the main the main event of the evening i find it interesting that you're saying like you had never heard anybody talk about one of the guys in the match oh um, yeah, yeah like, like we, we we talk about it like pretty constantly but like you have to pay attention especially like in the slack chat like i'm i don't i guess i've never explained this i have disappeared from the slack chat more and more especially the past couple like year year and a half i guess half a year um because at my new job, I couldn't like use Slack on the work computers. Um, so you were usually so, like on Slack while you were at work before. Yeah, and so at my new job, I have not been able to sign into Slack on the computer because it just wouldn't let me use my password. It was making me have to use my phone, and I can't right. bring my phone into where I work. So I just gave up on the idea of ever using Slack. So that was why, like, I haven't been in there for like almost a year. Um. So yeah, like. Yeah, I, I rarely would be on there. Um, but like me and Joseph have been talking about Mad Dog for a very long time on like especially on Twitter. We both are like huge fans of his. Um but Eddie and Trent was like it's like the perfect match. You know, it's like it's the guys who just make sense. They're both Jersey guys, but like the different kinds of Jersey guys, which is very fun. Um, but then it's also like the perfect match for the kind of guys that they are. It's like, you know the guy who just loves to get the shit kicked out of him and the guy who likes to kick the shit out of people, but also sells his ass off and everything. So yeah, like of course that match was going to kick ass and then it did. Um, I just, I find it weird that I see people talk about like Trent, like having nothing that is, they're just not into Trent. Oh, I didn't ever got Trent. I don't get it. And he's nothing to me. He's like Trent fucking rules. Like Trent is so good. Like been, he has like, been like, incredibly good for so just... long genuinely just a very good wrestler ever since he got released for the most part like right. genuinely uh, just very very good like i mean some would say better he was good even before that as a dude buster fan from yeah, back sure. in the day <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure like i, 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 I always yeah. i always like trent when i like saw him around i never like had an issue with uh, trent moretta but like yeah shit, if i wanted to go back to like that like you know when they were starting to push him in that like pwg singles run like the stuff with like right. Zach and Chris Hero and like uh, uh like is, is, is isn't there I might be wrong isn't there like a train like evil uno match from that run too when they're like yes yes like 
Yeah, Trent, Trent's so really sick. fucking good. Trent's really fucking good when they're pushing him. Even like when they started pushing him in New Japan, people forget that like they were yeah. gonna start pushing him as a as a singles guy in New Japan, and then he as a heavyweight guy. Yeah, yeah like they, he eventually left for AEW, and that you know that is that is what it is. But they, even then, there's like Kent and like there's there's Kenny Omega and Trent Moretta, which is right. really good too. So Trent's awesome. I I guess I'm just a high man on Trent Moretta, but. Anytime he gets to do anything important, I feel like he usually does a really good job. The only thing that's ever held Trent back is one like just in terms of as a worker is not being healthy, like being injured, being hurt, and everything like that. But when he's when he's around and he gets chances, Trent's really good. The other thing that hurts him is he's dumb as hell. He's just one of the dumbest guys. Yeah, yeah, he's a complete another idiot who has really bad politics and yeah. But other than that, yes. Um, yeah, but uh, oh, there's so much more stuff I want to talk about with Trent that you just kind of mentioned in there. But let's we should move on. St. Louis Anarchy, Gateway to Anarchy. There's obviously one match on this show that matters. I don't know if you watched anything else on the show. I just didn't have the time to before we recorded. I'm definitely gonna, if, there's a Jeremy Wyatt match on here, so like, I'm gonna go watch that. There's Jeremy Wyatt match that's worth watching. There's um, a tag team match with. <laughs> those damn coyotes christian rose and connor hopkins but their opponents are anakin murphy and zach sawyers which i don't know if you remember who zach sawyers is but he was one of the members of roscoe eats lisa oh Um, yeah and he's taken like a ton of time off there's been a bunch of drama he opened up his own like promotion that flamed out after like a year like only running a couple shows and all this kind of weird stuff there was like issues with him and mikey who you know but that tag team there was a moment where that tag team was the hot shit that everyone was talking about right you remember them um yeah and anakin murphy is a guy who clearly you know he's right up my alley and i think anakin murphy whips ass and clearly like we have similar um opinions on things because he came out to the ring with zach wearing a roscoe eat lisa one of the bark bark gator tits shirts um so he's like a big roscoe eat lisa fan so he was marking out getting to tag team with zach here um and i'm a big fan of both of them so i was super excited for it and the match itself was really fun so i would definitely tell people to check it out um and yeah there's a jeremy wyatt Derek neal match it's worth watching it's just it's fucking crazy to me that we have manders versus mad dog Connolly in a dog collar match that's this good as the pre-intermation match and then you've got you know the destination title semi-main event with davy vega taking on shaza mckenzie like i don't understand why this company st louis anarchy because it feels like the main home of of mad dog Connolly. why it feels like they kind of get how good mad dog is but they don't um push him like he should be pushed as the main fucking guy in the company like i do not understand how they don't see that he is the fucking man it feels like they kind of do because they position him like he matters but they don't push him at the top of the card like he's the guy the dog collar match should have been the main event of the fucking show there's no question about it this was like the third match on the show what the fuck is going on it's like the third match on the show it's right before intermission it's the best match on the show 
it's probably going to end up being the best match in St. Louis Anarchy for the entire fucking year. And it's just, again, they they just leave him here in this spot as if like he's just, you know, whatever. But he's the best wrestler they have on their roster. And like, Jer I like Jeremy Wyatt, but Mad Dog is the fucking man. So we might as well talk about it. Like I said, I think this is the match of the week. <laughs> lock, absolute lock, match of the week. Um, No, like this is this is the best match that's happened in a while in wrestling for the year. This match, I think I put it on the honorable mention because I don't think it quite beats um, C-Hash versus uh, Sorry for my match of the year yet. But uh, oh my fucking God, Manders and Mad Dog Connolly in this chain match is fucking amazing um the brutality the way that they use the gimmick mad dog is so thoughtful when it comes to this chain thing it's very exciting that on the dean show they're doing mad dog versus demos in a fucking chain a dog collar match like this with that's two guys who are just yeah, so awesome. good at this um and there's just little neat details about Mad Dog and the way that he works and the way that he wrestles that just like is so perfect for how obsessed he is with the chain. And the biggest one, you know, the one that stands out to me is like when he dives over the top um, and he's holding the chain from the mat and just like the way that he is almost it looks like he's almost trying to grab the chain with his toes. It's like this guy is just he's in his natural element in a chain match. He's like he's not he's like this creature you know he's a creature that lives inside of the chain match and then you've got the fucking spur coming out from manders um this was just fucking this is gruesome bloody violent but also just like hits all the stupid little detail stuff that i like where you're playing off of the characters it's aggressive violent bloody blood fucking gore aggression yeah this is it and then the post even the post match where mad dog is getting up in fucking fans faces talking shit to anybody who had anything to say about him because he's the fucking man right now with you, blood mentioned, coming you mentioned the finish and it's oh. like the finish the finish was so sick it's a fucking yeah. disturbing it's like a disturbing visual like yeah as you like because like it just kind of like happens out of nowhere where like it just naturally we naturally get to a point where you have manders go over the rope and it puts and it puts uh, Mad Dog Conley in a position to like choke him and like hang him for lack of for lack of a better term, and yeah, like the visual of that, like that strap around Manders' neck and the life being like choked from him while there's blood coming from his head, like that's just such a fucking undefeated spot in wrestling. Anything involving a chain and <laughs> someone bleeding and everything is just a fucking unde undefeated spot wrestling. Can it, it is hard to get that wrong. It is hard to mess that up. Like that is like pro wrestling fucking 101. If you're trying to get some heat on something, you just choke someone out with a fucking chain while they're hanging from the outside of the ring. Like that is just perfect shit. And it just and it's like just the finish here, and it's so perfectly well done and natural and everything about this match from the pace, the aggression, like when you watch them, like hit each other with the chain, they're really fucking punching each other with that chain. Like, it doesn't look like they're pulling punches or whatever. Like, I'm watching, it's like, oh, like he's really fucking hitting him with that chain as hard as he possibly can. It is, like, yeah. really jarring there. Um, but, yeah, everything about this was great. It's, ag it's aggressive. Mad Dog Connolly fucking rules. Uh, you alluded to it. This is my first time ever seeing him. 
Uh, oh my and- god! Oh my yeah. god! It's my yeah. first. Time, it's my first time ever seeing him, and like all that is me. Like that's me. I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't paying attention to like uh, a lot of stuff in terms of like the things, like the things that we just sure, weren't sure. covering on the podcast. I just wasn't watching. So this is my first time seeing him, and I love him. I think he's fucking incredible. And Manders was really good here too. Like Manders is really good in these settings and these environments. So I want to have, I want to give him credit as well. But yeah, this was a fucking great, great match. Like I love love this. Like this is a yeah early thing. Uh, but if someone you know, people definitely should be listing this and writing this down and watching this whenever they get a chance to it because there's not many matches that you'll see of like this match of, of this ma- of this like style or type throughout the year and if you and if you do see them it's gonna be hard to top this one no i mean this is this definitely is going to end up on like the you know my match of the year thing whatever um like by the end of the year yeah like no matter what like it's going to It'll end up there. Um, I gotta send you this now. I gotta send you this. Uh, there's a, a Mad Dog versus Jake Lander match from 2022. That's like a no DQ, fucking wild, crazy ass brawl. Because um, you said you haven't seen anything of his. I just remember that. Like this is it's just a free match on YouTube that's easy to watch. Everyone should check it out. Um, but uh, there's tons of tons of Mad Dog stuff that you need to watch. But that'll be that could be your next thing. Um, but yeah, the Mad Dog is such a special guy. Like he really is. Like um, I've you know been petitioning and begging people to book him more, book him in other places. We've been talking about him a bunch, but just so incredible. Um, King of the, the the dog collar match, which is such so cool because I'm I'm a big fan of dog collar matches and have historically been a big fan of dog collar matches. And yeah, this is wild, chaotic. It just. He's just so good in this. He's just, he's so incredibly good. When I say in this, he's so good in these settings. He's just, this is what he's meant for. Wild, crazy ass motherfucker. More people need to be paying attention to him. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say for the, for the, for the evening. Um, Quentin, unless you have anything else you want to talk about before we go, I think we're, we're good to close it out here. Uh, yeah, no, like I'm like, I'm good. I'm satisfied with that, what we did here. I didn't talk about any of the Lucha stuff because, you know, you're not really into the Lucha thing. Uh, but uh, watch some of the Zona 23 show that went up. Uh, Draco, versus, uh, Draco versus Lunatic Fly and Damus versus uh, Lunatic Extreme from the Zona 23 show that just went up are both are both really good. Uh, apparently the main event's good, too. I haven't get a chance to watch the main event yet, but apparently the main event's really good, too. But yeah, just wanted to like shout those out because we don't really do lucha here because you're not the big lucha guy. But though, but those were also good. But other than that, I think we're good to go here. You can follow me on Twitter at qt underscore moody. You can follow Tim at rwh dutch. You can follow the uh podcast network website or whatever at violent at violent underscore people. Check out the website violentpeople.co. We just had Alex the goat return. She did a Jaguar Yakota uh Ooh, article. Yeah. That, uh, that 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 went up. Corwo has the monthly has the uh weekly roundup that's dropped that, that's dropped that's dropped as well. Chris dropped a lucha uh monthly wrap up as well that I'm excited about to see him kind of track the lucha throughout the year. Uh and I think that about covers it. The like 
donations and stuff and everything like you know that'll be revisited at some point but you know when that's back i'll have something funnier yeah well i can attempt to be funny uh whenever that makes a return but until then thank you all for listening hope you're next time you think you know me